Well, good morning. I'm so glad you could be with me today in God's Word. We're looking at the book of Romans in Unfolding the Word. We're in the first chapter. I hope our studies together have been useful to you. And if you're joining me for the first time, thanks for joining us. And I hope our times in God's Word can be of help to you. Well, today, in our continuing study of the book of Romans, we're in chapter 1. I want to turn our attention to verses 16 and 17 of that first chapter. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Verse 15, I should have possibly read that to you. Paul ends the previous section we've been looking at by saying, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. He's eager to preach because of the power of that gospel that he wants to share. In verses 13 to 15 that we looked at yesterday, Paul introduces us to the concept of obligation. He was saying, in my life, I feel an obligation, a moral and ethical sense of responsibility. God has laid it on my heart as his redeemed child. I am now bound by a duty. It is morally and ethically necessary for me to share the gospel with other people. Paul put it this way. Paul understood, as we talked about yesterday, that he had the cure for the real disease. The real problem of people is that they are not right with God. They have sinned, they are separated from God, and in fact, they ultimately will face judgments and eternal separation from God as a result of their sin. There is an answer to it. I mean, the problem is the bad news. The answer's the good news, the gospel. The good news having to do with Christ. Paul knew he had the cure. And he simply could not ethically and morally deny that cure to those who needed it. Is that how you see evangelism? Is that how you see witnessing to your faith? That you have a moral responsibility, an ethical responsibility to share the cure with those who are dying of a disease? (laughs) Everybody you know who doesn't know Christ is dying of sin and they face ultimate judgment and accountability before God. You are morally and ethically obligated to share the cure. Don't hide it from them. Share the cure. He was looking forward to getting at Rome so he could share the cure with more people who did not know it. Now today, picking up on that theme of coming and sharing the gospel, he says, listen, I'm doing all of that because I'm not ashamed of that gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek and the rest. Paul had confidence in the power of this good news, the power of the gospel. Paul wanted to get to Rome just as he wanted to get to the other cities as well, because he knew that God's word, as he would share it, would impact on the hearer. Now, by impact, he did not mean that hearing that message, that good news, that gospel, would force an individual to make a certain type of decision. No. But what he knew is that by sharing that message, he was setting in motion a penetration of defenses in people. 
the word that he was sharing would convict the heart by the working of the Holy Spirit and the very dynamic of the scripture itself, that as he would share it, it would work. He knew the message had power to work in people. He knew it. He'd experienced it. And so he was confident in that power. He knew it wouldn't manipulate people to make decision against their will, but it would penetrate past all of their defenses that sought to protect them from having to take the message seriously. The word of God was powerful and it would touch lives. And he would go out sharing confident that what he was sharing was touching hearts. How it would work out in the people hearing it was up to those people. And so he had no obligation that way, but he had obligation to share the cure. <laughs> Once again, are you seeing it that way? He, know, he knew the gospel message, the word of God, had power. You know, in the New Testament, the, the English word power translates actually six different Greek words, depending on the particular passage of scripture. One of those Greek words is the Greek word dunamis. And dunamis in the Greek has the idea of something powerful by its very inherent nature, an inherent ability that's in it. The gospel message, because it is the word, because understand, the gospel message comes from God's word, the scriptures. Then what the scriptures have in general, which is power, is also going to be true in those scriptures pertaining to the gospel. Those scriptures will have power as well. The gospel message that Paul was looking forward to sharing, felt obligated to be sharing, had an in, he knew it had an inherent power by its very nature, an inherent power and dunamis within. Now, why? Why was he confident about that? Well, first of all, because he knew the gospel message was a God-breathed message. Thinking of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed, inspired, and useful to teach us and correct us and reprove us and to train us in righteousness. He knew the gospel was not from people, it was from God's word. In the sharing of that gospel, God's word was going to be powerful because it was God-breathed words. Secondly, he knew that that word was going to penetrate into people's lives. He knew it would be like a sword. In the Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 sense, it would be like a sword that penetrates to the deepest point of a person's life. And he also knew and had confidence that the word that he was sharing, the gospel message he was sharing with people and would be sharing with people, was more than merely human ideas, more than merely the word of men. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, this is how he describes that gospel message, that scripture that he was wanting to share. He says, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. <laughs> the word of God works. It works within because it's a God-breathed word. It's not men's words. The scriptures are not the product of humans sitting together and trying to think religious thoughts. No, no. Uh, the scriptures are God-breathed. And the gospel is that portion of the scriptures that explain God's great cure for the essence of the problem of humanity, which is sinfulness and separation from himself.
Paul had confidence that the gospel was powerful. And because he knew he had a powerful message and a powerful cure, he was motivated to want to be sharing it with others. That gospel message that Paul is talking about here, he knew had the power to transform men and women. Nothing but the gospel can ultimately truly change a person. At best, human beings can turn over new leaves, try to build better habits, but the gospel isn't about that. The gospel is about being changed at the heart. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, he says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a whole new creation. The old's passed away. Behold, the new has come. The gospel that Paul was excited to have the opportunity to share and felt an obligation to share, he was confident in its power because he was confident that as it penetrated the hearts of people, those that would repent and believe in it would be made new creations. They would be changed. The gospel inherently had the power to transform, to convict and transform and change the person. Listen, let me underscore for you this day, brother and sisters, if you're listening to this, the gospel doesn't need our help to be powerful. The gospel is powerful because it is God-breathed words. You don't need to spend any time trying to repackage it to make it powerful. You don't have to spend any time, nor should you spend any time, trying to modify it in order to make it more powerful in your culture. No, the gospel is powerful already. God doesn't need our help to make it powerful. It is powerful. Well, where do we come in then? He needs our help to speak it and share it with other people. That's your task. That's my task. Our role is to share it. Paul said, I am confident in the power of the gospel. It's the power for salvation. He didn't have to make it powerful, but he did have to make it clear and share it with other people. Do you understand your role? I hope so. Well, join me tomorrow. Lord willing, we'll continue to examine this section of the scriptures as we talk more about the power of the gospel. God bless.